You're going to have to tell that story at some point. <laughs> that uh, Andy and I were re- reviving uh, or reminiscing about some older movies that we both enjoy. <laughs> and you've got to, you just tell her right now the story about your dad because this is this is something my dad would do too. My my dad was trying to recall a movie and he couldn't remember what it was. So he was going to me because he knows I know movies well. And he's like, I don't know, it's like probably mid-80s or something. Dustin Hoffman's not in it. <laughs> what? Okay, so you've narrowed it down to like 50,000 oh, movies. Say basically every movie. The, not Tootsie and not, the the, that's, not Hook. Not Hook. And not, not Outbreak. We're done. Yeah, not, not The Graduate. Not Kramer versus Kramer, but you know, yeah. the other one. The F do I do with that, Dad? Like, Dustin Hoffman's not in it? That's amazing. Did you ever figure out which one? I don't think we ever did. Like Indiana Jones, Star Wars. What are we talking about? I don't think we ever figured out what the movie was. It's amazing. Um, Speaking of movies that Dustin Hoffman is not in, uh, when did it tell tell us the movie? When did it come out, Emily? All right, it's Shawshank Redemption, and let me just look again. When the uh, came out, uh, it came out in 1994 on this day. Okay. On this day. Did you know the day, actually, Andy? Uh, I, I knew the year off the top okay. of my head. I did not know the day off okay. the top of my head. So 1994, Shawshank Redemption, Tim Robbins, Morgan Freeman. You know, Beautiful movie. It's moving movie. It was up for Best Picture. That yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's great for most of us. I think it's a mid-movie that's, sac- that's saved by Morgan Freeman. I think it's, it's if it's a movie that you can watch over and over again and fall asleep to, I don't think that it's a great movie. I think that it's a movie that's overhyped and over-sentimentalized because we kind of, uh, I don't know, because of Morgan Freeman. I think it's it's really he disguises it. If you replaced him with someone else that's less of a great actor, I think that movie fails. I mean, you can say that to some degree with just about any movie. I mean, the actors always elevate what's there. But I just yeah. don't think that it's just... <laughs> <laughs> but I think that we are just propping it up to the best movie of all time just because of his narration. I don't think anybody says it's the best movie of all time. It's, but it's ranked as the best movie of all time it on is so many actu- lists. Actually, it's interesting. Like IMDb, its average rating, I don't know if this is from critics or fans or like a combination of both, 9.3 out of 10. Like it yeah. is, to Emily's point, I mean, I love the movie. I do but, too. But to her point, it is widely considered one of the most purely popular movies of the last like 30 40 years. Right. But it's and it, but it's not like a popcorn movie, right? It's not it's not one of those movies that you just, oh man, this is great. It's it's not Maverick in well, other words, you don't which fall we all sleep liked. in the middle and wake up and not miss But no, but I, <laughs> I, I don't fall movie. asleep during the movie. I understand what you're saying that there's not a bunch of, you know, you can't miss this scenes, but it's a story it's not about Not a lot of set pieces. No, but there it is a story about brotherhood, is a story about friendship, it's a story about Hope. overcoming and, and and you know disaster and hope and triumph and the beauty of the human spirit it's Ugh. it's not it's all of these things you know what's interesting about it too because it's so incredibly popular now and it's like a staple on cable like it's on tnt about it's four every- hours long on tnt right yes. it's long enough just straight up it was not a big hit when no, it came it out at all it wasn't it really became a word of mouth thing and then especially after the oscar nominations and then really it's cable life is what turned it into this true staple. Why are you being so obtuse, Emily? So I'm not being obtuse. I'm also just very much like a. What okay, did you call uh, me? <laughs> I'm very much a. Uh, are there any women of consequence in this movie? Are there any women that it's I? It's a I, prison. I, Emily. I understand oh, you know why. Funny? That's why it's I don't care that. for it as much. A friend of mine just texted where, me. Where are the women at? A friend of mine just texted me. No. I'm just st- saying. <laughs> why no. this is why it doesn't hit with me. Then no. We don't even have bogs in this situation. <laughs> No strong female roles in Shawshank. Maybe that's why Emily doesn't relate to it as much. But it's a prison. I understand the concept, Travis. It's just that that's why I think it's a little bit overrated. People just romanticize and sentimentalize it that are men that are doing these reviews. Okay. And that's why it's overrated. Now, do you enjoy the, the TV show Orange is the New Black? I did at first and not anymore. Okay, because I was wondering maybe, you know, there's women in that, yes. and it's, it's a women's there's prison. a lot of women yeah. in that. So, um, and then, I mean, it's okay. So here's my evolution with Shawshank Redemption. When I first started to enjoy movies, it was a movie I liked a lot. And then I kind of grew up, and my taste changed. My taste evolved. And then I, ha- I was like, this is not my favorite movie anymore because I think it's a little bit overplayed and overestimated. So it's like, when I used to love The Dark Knight, and I used to love Shawshank Redemption, again, when it's, oh, okay, this is maybe a male-centered view of why I like these movies, 
And then I developed my taste a little bit more. Now I'm a little more nuanced in what I like as much at my top of my list. What has it evolved into, your taste? So I kind of like more family dramas, slow-paced family dramas. And again, personally, in my taste, I like a strong female lead. And that's why Shawshank doesn't hit quite nearly as hard for me. Well, the prison genre they, probably just doesn't hit hard Yes, clearly. <laughs> I the warden's name. We should have made it a woman. That she could have been in there and well, she could have been Well, that's what they did in Holes. That's, um. that's what we could have. That's right. That whole, holes was all right. Holes, holes was a great all right. movie. I like Shawshank. And I'm just trying to ruin a fun movie. Shawshank thing. is mid, made nah. better by Morgan Freeman. Nah. I mean, yeah, but Morgan Freeman makes every. We watched a movie about penguins. Honestly, we I also Morgan love Freeman. that they, they kept the same name. So I read the book, and the book is good. It, well, it's a short story by short Stephen story, King. Yeah. So um, I like that they kept the name Red still, even though it was supposed to be an Irishman, which makes sense why his name is Red. Um, but then they recast it as Morgan Freeman. And I mean, obviously, it's still where T was great in the movie, but uh, yeah, mid movie, made better by Morgan. Wow. Yeah, I, whatever. I mean that's that, 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 wow sure that's that, that's one of those things. Every time, every once in a while, you realize it. That, that's cool. We're not changing a bad opinion. We'll just keep it moving. It's not a big deal. Um, here's what's weird, Andy. Let's talk about the Rams and the Cardinals this weekend. Um, both the Rams and the Cardinals are in the exact same situation, and they're both going to be, regardless of who wins or loses coming out of this game, they're going to be in the exact same situation. This is both teams are one and one. Both teams had an ugly loss to a very good team in the first week. Both teams had a win in week two that very easily could have been a loss. Both of these teams are coming into their first divisional game of the year. Somebody's leaving 1-0. Somebody's leaving 0-1. Somebody's leaving 2-1, and feeling like, you know what, we're, we're all right. We ran into a buzzsaw week one, but we escaped in week two. We're feeling pretty good. Let's see what the rest of the season has to offer. Whoever walks off that field around 4.30 on Sunday afternoon on the wrong side of that, it's, hey, we're 1-2. and two. We could have easily been 0-3. Uh, what exactly is going on? Because if you're 1-2, and 0-1 and in the division, you've got the – especially for the Rams, their schedule gets hard. The deeper into the season you go, the harder that the season uh, – the schedule gets – it's odd how they're both in exactly the same spot through two weeks. Well, they're also too in the same spot in that they're missing key guys. Yeah, um, you know Arizona is missing DeAndre Hopkins; he's suspended right now. James Conner may not be able to play. Um, we've seen that Kyler Murray has struggled, I think at least in part because he has not had the weapons out there that you'd want with receivers. Rondale Moore mm -hmm. has also been hurt, so you're you're really focusing a lot on Marquise Brown. Zach Ertz, but there there hasn't been the variety of weaponry there. And then in the game they won against Oakland, you know they managed to pull it out. But James Conner left in the middle of the game with an ankle injury, so you're really left with Kyler Murray playing Superman, which he's capable of doing because he's so athletic and so fast. But that the, the weird thing about that, and I think people know that you're a Cardinals fan, right? Yeah, you've I, talked about it. I grew up in St. Louis right. back when the now Arizona Cardinal fan, uh, Cardinals team go Jim was Hart, Saint, go Jim Hart, <laughs> go Neil Lomax. Right. Um, so I was a kid, really into those teams when they left for Arizona. I had a bitter breakup with them. I ignored them for a while, but then over the last few years, I discovered myself kind of missing them. It actually really began even longer than that ago. Uh, Brian and I did a magazine assignment for ESPN mm -hmm. where we were both NFL orphans. Okay. So we went around to different training camps across the country having those teams pitch us okay. to be their fan. It's a and good idea. It was a great idea. It was yeah. a lot of fun. But I originally chose Arizona with the full intention of I'm only going so I can turn them down in print <laughs> because I'm so bitter about them moving. But then once I was there, I found myself getting all nostalgic. Uh -huh. And in the moment, what I tried to do, I tried to get somebody from the Cardinals to get Bill Bidwell to apologize to me for moving the team. <laughs> I was like, he doesn't have to he doesn't have to mean it. Doesn't have to mean it all. But if he if somebody will get him to do this, I asked then coach Ken Wisenhunt. Uh -huh. I asked like a few other people, like, just get him to apologize. I'll choose Would the you Cardinals. have accepted, hey, look, I'm really sorry when you're a little kid. I, I upset you, but we're all good, right? Would that have yes. been okay? Yes. I just yeah. wanted him to acknowledge that he wronged a young <laughs> you. kid in St. Louis. That started, though, getting me sentimental, even though it chose a different team. Uh -huh. And then over the last few years, found myself missing him. And then once they had Kyler Murray, I was like, screw it, man. I'm back. Okay, I want to come back to Kyler Murray. But, guys, is this sounding familiar to you at all? 
what, what Andy just described? Does this sound like something that uh, <laughs> one of our nearest and dearest is going through at the moment? Yeah, we're, we don't even know where he is. Right. So, the, look, this is Slee's trying to adopt the Raiders, and it's not going well. <laughs> the, since he's adopted the Raiders, the, they have not won a game. Um, they're they're going through the the raiderness that they do. Um, Al's still in love with the Chargers. He yes. doesn't want to admit it, and and his feelings are hurt. He had his heart broken. I get it. Break, some breakups you get over quickly. Some take weeks, months. In this case, years. I think what you're talking about, like if if Allen could be apologized to, and then maybe not by because it's Spanos is that he holds responsible for this. Obviously, that if he's if one member of the Spanos family said, listen. We're really sorry that you have hard feelings about this, but we'd like you to come back into the fold. I think that we have a solution to Al's problem. I think this is what needs to happen. If somebody from the Bidwell family had apologized to me for this magazine piece, I promise you I would have chosen the Cardinals. Who did you choose? I ended up choosing the Niners, okay. which made sense in the moment because I'm like, okay, they're they're in California. It's not difficult for me to go to a game. like. They've got tradition that I like. At the time, they weren't very good, mm -hmm. so I didn't feel like I was jumping on a bandwagon. And then I discovered, like, pretty quickly in the process, I'm like, I don't care about these guys. <laughs> like, I don't actually care. Like, that's I it. But here's how you know that's that. That's it. Here's how you know that Slee was trying too hard, because when the Cardinals left, I tried adopting different teams. For a while, my team was the Vikings. Okay. Largely, I think because a they had defensive players that I liked, like Joey Browner. Okay. Uh, well, uh, a few other guys, but also to Prince, yeah, Prince sure. from Minnesota. They were purple. Ken all that Herbeck. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, yeah. Minnesota now. And like yeah, they had a bunch of different defensive players that I liked. In the time I played high school football, I played defense. But then I started realizing like I have no connection to Minnesota. Yeah, like it felt fake and forced. But but when I started looking for teams, what I never considered Cowboys, Cowboys, right? The then Washington. Yep. The Eagles or the Giants. Or the Giants. You know why? Because those were the old NFC division rivals mm -hmm. of the Cardinals. Never going to choose them. <laughs> and that's why I feel like Slee was trying too hard. You, it's really hard to pick a team when you're an adult. It is. Because hard. You, you, you form these, let's be honest, irrational connections to your team when you're a kid that make perfect sense to you when you're eight years old and then by the time you're 30 years old they still make sense to you because you've never really rooted for anybody i've been rooting for this team for 25 years why would i but when you have the rug ripped out from underneath you the way that you did the way that slee has and then you go shopping for that next team it's just a purchase at that point you're yeah. just by it there's no emotional connection to it and if your only emotional connection is bleep those guys what would it's like dating your ex's best friend not because you like the best friend you just want to hurt her right well in this particular case he's dating his ex's rival like that's that's who he's actually dating like his ex had a frenemy and he's decided to just date the frenemy and you're you're doing it for the wrong reasons because the reality is over the years of dating his ex he grew to hate the friend of me too. <laughs> yeah, no, that this is how it's supposed yeah, to go. Yeah, I mean there, right? there there's a there's a term for this that I don't think I can repeat <laughs> yeah, on air. I don't think you want to say that one. Um, back to Kyler Murray very quickly. Do you because as a Rams fan, as somebody that's watched a lot of Kyler Murray football over the years, as somebody that's covered every Rams game since they've come back to L.A., he didn't scare me one bit. There, there are guys that when you go up against, you think, like, for instance, Russell Wilson, who I think is the most bizarre character in the league, he scared me for a really long time. He was a really scary football player. He's really smart, makes good decisions. You don't get to hit him. He can run. He throws. He's accurate. He, he's, he's really, really good. He made me nervous when you would play against him. You know, the Bradys, the Rodgers, the Mahomes, the Allens now are starting. Justin Herbert. And don't give that guy another chance because he's – Kyler Murray gives me none of those feels. Like, he may have a day, like he did last year against the Rams, where nobody could catch him and he's just running around and doing his thing. But do you get into a tight game with that guy? He doesn't scare me at all. It's a weird thing because he's got all the tools. Like, he actually has a good arm. He's got a big arm when he needs it to be. He obviously can run a, uh, run a lot. He's athletic, all of that stuff. For sure. There are elements of him that are scary, and you definitely have to game plan for him. And he's somebody that can pick apart a defense or at least put a defense on its heels, but he has not consistently put it all together like as a full, complete quarterback to where he feels scary as the full package yet. I agree. 
He's I, exciting. I wonder if some of that has to do with that Aaron Donald's as fast as Kyler Murray and he can run him. Like There are very few defensive players, especially defensive linemen, that can run him down. Donald's one of the guys. And here's can. the difference. like Aaron Donald understands opposing offenses in ways that it does not seem like Kyler Murray yet understands opposing defenses. Mm. Like It's not like an intelligence thing. It's, right. like, it's a football knowledge thing. Aaron Donald gave Russell Wilson a really hard time too. Yeah, they, and it's just he look. He gives everybody a hard time, but if you want to play power, I'll play power. You want to play run around, I'll, I'll chase you all day. I'm going to catch. But you he's as also often he's a don't. really smart player oh, for sure. Like he understands everything that's going on. He he's the one guy. Well, him and Cup are the one the two guys so far this season that look exactly like themselves. Everything else is kind of a fuzzy version of it, and running it back a lot harder than I think anybody. It, we knew it's hard. But it's even harder than we thought. All right, let's go back to the Lakers coming up next. Uh, Andy, are they done? Are they really going to open the season with seven point guards? Is that the plan moving forward? That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Are you a uh, DoorDash slash Uber Eats slash... No. N- none of those? No, I actually like going to pick up the food. So does Slee. Why? I don't quite get that. Well, in my particular case, it's because I get to get out of the house. Oh, okay. Like, it becomes oh, a sure. refuge. Well, that's different. Yes. Yeah. That, okay. Do you do this game? I'll go get the pizza. Oh, yeah. And then you sit there and have a couple of beers while you, air quote, wait for the pizza. I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Neither have I. You know, no, never. I'm a, I have a friend who does it. He's got a problem. <laughs> why Why with this one? When I go to get the pizza, it takes 10 minutes. Why does it take you an hour? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Just because I don't like, order the pizza when I get there after the first beer, I'm just saying that. Oh, I'll run. I'll run every errand. I'll run them all. <laughs> <laughs> Love to go grocery shopping. Yeah, well, yeah, you get to pick out what you want. You get to you, pick out what you want. You go up and down the aisles. Yeah. You got a podcast or some music. Okay, so tell me if this is weird. My my buddies give me a hard time for this all the time. Uh, in most grocery stores, Albertsons, Vons, whatever, yeah. they have the bakery, right? Mm-hmm. And they usually have that loose bin of bagels. <laughs> okay, I happen to fancy. A jalapeno and cheddar bagel. Oh, I've had those. They're right? great. They're terrific. They melt the cheese mm-hmm. on the top. And there's jalapenos oh, yeah. on there. And as I go through the store, I will nibble and consume usually all of this bagel. And then when I get to the the, the checkout, I'll tell the person at, at the register, hey, you need to ding me for the 79 cents sure. for the bagel. I ate that. They think I'm some sort of animal for eating this in the store. They, uh, You are. What? Really? What's wrong with you that? You shouldn't be eating Thank it in you. the store unless you pay for it yet. Already. I'm going to pay for it. I'm not but you, stealing it. But you it. haven't yet. It's, that's the whole thing. No, that's that's not the good reason. No. The, 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 it also shouldn't be eating in the store. It's 79 cents. Well, it's, and and I pay for it. I don't walk out with do it. Do they think that you're unsophisticated they, they or something? They think that it's like some sort of savagery that I'm walking around eating a bagel. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I look like I'm the one doing it. I mean, if you were walking down the street... <laughs> Eating that same bagel, nobody bats if an I, eyelash. If I stopped at the bagel shop on my way in and was eating it walking through the store, that wouldn't be weird. I don't know the if it's the location. I actually think that'd be weirder. <laughs> What's the difference? Because you're bringing food into the store. <laughs> well, maybe I'm there to pick up uh, something else. Maybe I need, uh, I don't know, light bulbs. I just, well, but you're, you're taking that bagel into a place that sells other loose bagels, so I feel like at that point you're insulting their bagels. <laughs> 
Well, it's like the same you, reason that you know, if you go into Starbucks, you don't bring somebody else's coffee. <laughs> well, I've done that's, that too. It's rude. But yeah, I mean, it might be rude, but I don't think that the uh, the the baker inside the Albertsons is like, look at that jerk. <laughs> look at is that is that Taking is that an I love bagels bagel that he brought through here? Yeah, wh- why do you hate it, Emily? I don't get well, it. Well, I think okay, one the only pr- people that should be able to eat while grocery shopping are children because they are the only people that have such a hunger. That they cannot be, they had to be satisfied right then, right there. It's not a you matter of satisfaction. It's a, it's a matter of going through the car. That I just, I'm enjoying my afternoon. You know, like if they, why not? I don't, I don't see the downs. It's not you unsanitary. Haven't paid for it yet. No, that's not a good. But point. if you're no, yes, going, that to is, pay- a, that is an excuse. Because like, nah. what if you don't? What if you forgot to pay for it? Then, I don't then you're essentially to stealing. I'm not stealing. You haven't paid for it. Yet. You, you, get, you can't eat it. No. And then also, it is weird. If I if I saw a man just eating a bagel in the aisle, yeah. it would look a little weird to me. It looked like again, you don't yeah, have enough this, willpower. This defense to wait. is making my case Wait, for What me. are you a narc? No, it, it, <laughs> no, she's making. So I, I I can't wait to hear from them because I know they're listening. Oh my god. That defense is in my favor. I no, feel very how is that in your favor? Because those are not good reasons. It's not in That I'm oh, stealing a 79 favor. cent bagel that I didn't steal, that I pay for every time. No. no. You you in the act of it, you are stealing. No, you're not. No, I'm not. no you you only steal something. It's like saying what? you're living in your house by stealing because you didn't pay the whole thing. I mean that by that same, <laughs> the same thing. Emily, by that same logic, you couldn't go to a restaurant right. exactly. and get your food delivered because you haven't paid for it yet. You couldn't actually eat it. Eh, different. How? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there you see that. Now now you understand but the game. But it is weird to, I, it is weird to see someone eating food whilst shopping for a grocery shop. Is it unsophisticated in your mind? Yes. Like is it uncouth? I think so. I just, uncouth. I, it's Ooh, that's it's just weird. Word. That's a that's a 10 cent word right there. Thank you. I like that. Um Laker Media Day on Monday. Mm-hmm. Al and I will be out there. So we got uh, I'll be there as well. You know, you, you'll be out there. We'll get to interview a bunch of the players. Looking forward to that. Um that roster, as we sit here on September 23rd, weird. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I mean, got LeBron, cool. Got AD, cool. Um, the rest of it, bleh. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if Russ is going to be there or not. I suspect he'll be there by Monday. Um, they got Schroeder coming in. Kendrick Nunn is back. You've got uh, Patrick Beverly, who they made a trade for. You've got a whole bunch of guys that presumably are going to play the same position. I know we got a couple of weeks until we start playing games, but you don't have that much time. It's super imbalanced, this roster right now. And to your point, uh, why I believe Russ is going to be there, A, I have tried to prepare Laker fans this entire offseason, uh, there have been a lot of people saying there's no way you can bring Russ back. They're obviously sure going to move. Are. Yeah, yes, there are. Yeah. They, in their minds, and I think for the most part, I think the Lakers are correct, they have not gotten an offer that is good enough. There's not been a scenario good enough that it is worth pushing in all of your assets moving forward. And to further this point, now that Boyan Bogdanovich, small forward shooter, from Utah got traded to Detroit. At this point, Utah's poo-poo platter has been reduced to all guards anyway. (laughs) So you would be trading Russell Westbrook for more guards like Jordan Clarkson, Mm -hmm. Mike Conley, older and undersized, Malik Beasley. Like You'd be trading for more of what you already have. All of these guys, by the way, fit issues aside, attitude issues aside, not as good as Westbrook. For sure, they're not as good as him. See that I, I want to circle back to Westbrook in a second, but let, let's go to what you said a second ago because for the first time in a while, when you saw Bogdanovich get traded to not Lakers, and you saw the price that he he got coming back, which was Kelly Olynyk and and some other players, Saban Lee, Saban Lee, thank you, no picks. It made me go, you know what? I feel better about the Lakers today than I did yesterday because clearly they were saying no to the multiple picks, which means, to your point, Andy, we decided not to get marginally better now to go from, you know, I'll use a letter. It's, we're going to get a C on this test, and we might get a C plus or a B minus with this, but we're also going to have to skip school for the next three years to to, to get ready for this as opposed to, you know what, Let's hold on to this. If we find something we think can take us from a C to an A, let's take a good hard look at it. But that's not what this was. That somebody said no fills me with some optimism. Yeah, I I will say there have been a lot of mistakes made by the Laker front office over the last few years. A lot of mis-evaluations. Just the saga of Taylor Horton Tucker was handled badly on multiple counts. 
But what they have not done, to your point, I think this has been really good by the front office. They have not made a desperation trade with Westbrook, where it's just about moving him for the sake of moving him. If things become that bad, you can send Send him home. Send him home. Keep your assets. Yes. Like, what you don't want them to do is make a performative trade, where you are signaling, you know, we... We're always in it. We're always going for it. We refuse to stand pat. No. All you're doing at that point is basically punting this season as well, just without the assets. Yeah, I was just going to say, you're you're running up the flag now and paying a tax to do it. Right. And you're doing it in a way that is performative. Like, for example, they've been linked to Miles Turner and mm-hmm. Buddy Heald in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been reports that the Lakers weren't willing to put in both picks. I don't know if Indiana was also asking them to take back additional salary on top of it or whatever. But I don't remember his name, but uh, one of the basketball people in Indiana recently said in an interview, Miles Turner will be the starting center to begin this season. Things can change, but for the time being, that's off. I think that deal would be worth it in the sense that it would make the Lakers legitimately competitive. Maybe not yes. a championship front runner, but I don't know if you can turn this team into a championship that's, front runner anyway. That's the million dollar question for me. What you just described right there. This is the part that I think puts Rob Palenka in a really tricky spot. Like, what is our goal here? Is our goal to get kind of in the mix? To your point, if you get healed, if you get Turner, that's an interesting team. Is it better than Golden State? No. Is it better than Phoenix? No. Is it better than some of these other ones? Maybe, maybe not. But is it a championship team? Probably not. No. But it's not a hard 100% no chance. Well, it's also what I think it is, is a team that is competitive enough that you're definitely going to make the playoffs, assuming yeah, no, everybody stays healthy. For sure. And you you are in a position to capitalize on other teams' bad breaks. No question. I, I agree with that. But it's also a pretty good-sized bet in a very short-term window, right? I, I think there – and this is the the question that I'm sure Rob balances in his head day-to-day, which is how much do I take from over here for right now for LeBron James for this year and for next year and maybe beyond? Who knows? We'll see. And how much of that is a realistic return on a potential championship relative to, I know that these picks are way down the line, but it's really all I have at this moment. So I have to save these. So maybe for another day, there's a different player that I can go get to build my team around. Maybe there's, and and I'm just speculating here, maybe Giannis or Luca becomes available for who knows why. And these are the assets I can use to do something down the line that you can't even foresee right now. But if the the cupboard's empty, it's empty. See, I look at it even even not even just that far down the line. I think about this coming this coming off season where the Lakers could theoretically have 30ish million in cap space, which isn't enough to get you like a max max player. Right. But you could do some roster improvement with 30 million dollars and have more sure. optionality with the players available. You could also use that to trade into space. So you maybe could acquire a 30 million-ish dollar player who's currently on another roster gets moved to you, whatever. You know, I've seen some of the free agents that are available next offseason, at least potentially. I think there are some that, in combination, could make you as good as getting Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. So I think it's really a, a question of trying to put your best foot forward this season versus trying to put your best foot forward next season. What is the best foot forward? Because you're only going to get one crack at this. No question. There's only one shot. At least there's a this or that scenario being evaluated. As opposed to just fix it today. today right. Today. Well, like and that's, catching holes in the boat. It's like, this boat's not going to finish the race. Like, honestly. We need to build a new boat. I have this entire time been like, don't do the Utah thing. Yeah. Don't do it. They didn't. I'm, I'm glad they didn't. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Okay. Um, UCLA is going to the Big Ten, probably, but there's a couple of hangups along the way that they're going to try to sell you. Don't buy it for a second. That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. <laughs> See, this is what Alan should be in like a feelings driving along, charger little lightning bolt hanging from his rearview mirror, <laughs> kind of thinking about Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates and Ladanian Tomlinson. Again, it's obvious he's trying too hard with the Raiders. <laughs> you know what's funny? He will never go back. Like, I've seen it in his face, and there's bits, and then there's, no, I hate those guys. He's in the second group. It's it's not going to happen for him. I'd like him to be. That's fine, but let's just say the Chargers make the Super Bowl. <laughs> He's going to be a mess. They might. 
He's going to be. It's, a I mean, mess. not it's. They'll find a way to charger it up at the last possible second, but they're pretty good. They're really good. They're J- pretty good. Justin Herbert is legit. Would you play him on Sunday? Have they, Emily? Have they made an official decision on whether uh, he's going to play no, or not? No, it's uh, it's still up to for grads. But Lindsey Theory tweeted out that uh, in 19 minutes of practice that was available for reporters to see, he did not throw a, a ball. Okay. So. Would you, assuming that he says, "Hey, uh, Brandon Staley, I'm good to go." Do you play him? Because I, I do. I, the, you only have 17 of these things. You don't know which one of these games is going to be the one to put you in or keep you out. This is a winnable game against a Jacksonville team that's better than they've been in the past. This is not a hey, just run out, chase Daniel, and everything will be fine. They could lose that game with a backup quarterback. They could. I, I would like to think that at home against Jacksonville, they could make it work. It really depends just like how how dicey is it putting him out there because what you don't want to do is have this one game thing turn into a three or four game thing because like we were talking about, they're a legitimately good team. It's worth taking a loss if you think that it could prevent three or four losses because he's not there. Sure. You just... The NFL is of all the leagues is the most impossible one to predict. You just you never ever know what's waiting around the corner for you. And look, Matthew Stafford, any quarterback in this league could land funny. Could and I understand he's in a, a different category because he has this pre-existing injury. But if we're trying to protect ourselves for what might true. happen, it just true. that almost always I mean, blows look, up on Jameis Winston's playing right now. He apparently doesn't have a spine. <laughs> Like he's apparently got chips all up and down his spine. He's got a new injury on top of these spinal chips. I guess to some degree, it's like get your ass out there, Herbert. I'm going to quote my buddy Keyshawn when I, I asked him at one point. I said, "How do how do you guys go out there and do the things you do?" He goes, "Do you know how much money they pay us?" I'm like, "Good answer. That's a really good answer." Especially if you're somebody yeah. like Jameis Winston, who yeah, he's solidish in the league. He's fine. He's he's. he's if that's what you got, that's what you, you got. You could do worse sure. than Jameis Winston, but you could also do better. Yeah. And that's why he's Jason going Hill out there. Better. Well, he's not the guy. But if, say, his future in New Orleans may not be forever. No. This is why he's going out there with no spine. Right. Is it anybody's? Is yeah. It, right. You're just kind of out there until you're out there. Um, SC is going to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I feel like we can write that down in stone. It's it's going to happen. UCLA is probably going to the Big Ten, right? That the regents, the UC regents, um, they're putting together a report talking about economic impacts. The commissioner of the Pac-12 conference, um, George, and forgive me if I get the last name pronunciation wrong, I believe it's Kalikoff, um, is saying, well, you know, we need to study this thing because the economic impact of um, what they gain by joining the Big 12 may be offset by the addition, or the, the Big 10, excuse me, may be offset by the additional expenses of traveling to the Big 12, of having to pay, or Big 10, I should say, um, of having to pay assistant coaches the going rate in the Big 10. And this actually may end up costing the UC system money as opposed to adding money to the UC system. And they've also said, uh, said, this is not good for our carbon footprint. We're trying to go carbon neutral by 2025. Uh, it's bad for the mental health of our athletes. Um, there are financial implications. And SC's like, let's roll. <laughs> With, what? Hey, you need a house in Malibu? Done. How, you need to pay your assistance how much? Done. We need to go get Caleb Williams and, and uh, Jordan Addison? Done. Let's roll. Bring on Ohio State. Bring on Michigan it's just there's let's not pretend we're here not to play football and then let's pretend that because this may be mildly inconvenient to talk about our carbon footprint well this is the difference though between being a private school like USC was that was part of the Pac-12 but an institution to themselves versus UCLA that is part of the Pac-12 but also part of a UC system that has a couple schools in the Pac-12. Yes. Like, they've got a few different sides that they're answering to and a few different entities that may be upset about them leaving that feel like it actually matters. You know, it's just... I. I you, you're right, and the arguments they're making are at least, you know, on, on, a, on a piece of paper, they make sense, <laughs> but... Are you are you about this or not? Well, right, like because there we know Andy. If you and I, if you gave us a list, uh, if somebody made a list of thirty five teams and said, "Is this school about sports or not?" You and I would probably have the same answer on thirty of those teams, right? You just know the ones aren't, and UCLA isn't. 
they they, they want to be kind of in it on certain things. We want to compete uh, in basketball. Obviously, it's UCLA. We want to compete in baseball, softball. You know, some of the Olympic sports. We want to be. To do the football thing, you got to do it at a certain level, and they're really not. And so they're kind of half in, half out, and trying to find a way to have it both. Essie's like, was it cut? We're in. Yes, but let's go. And it's admirable in its grossness. <laughs> you know what I mean? That it's just like, I, we're not here to pretend that we're not trying to win every well, football game. Well, again, this is also play. the difference between being a private school like, sure. like USC versus being a public school. But just it's a public school like University of Wisconsin is just a public school. University of Wisconsin. The UCs are part of, again, this whole UC system where you've got these different standards that are supposed to be broadly applied. It's like why, for example, Cal is, I'd say, a legitimate athletic program. It's not like it's not a sports school, but it's a legitimate athletic program. Correct. But there are academic standards going to Cal even as an athlete. Yes. That may- same thing for UCLA, by right, the way. Right. But that is in part because they are connected to this UC system yes. that wants to seem on the up and up. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. Wants to see and and I believe that Cal is on the up and up. I believe that UCLA is mostly on the up and up, but you either do, do you want to do this or not? Do do you want to oh, be look, a part because look, Ohio State's about it. <laughs> Michigan, great academic school they're about it. They're not messing around with all of this. We we will pay the going rate. We're going to get the best coach. We'll find that you're if you're going to go play in that pool, you can't be well. You know this may affect the golf team. Trust me, you you, you can't have it both ways. You well, just got to go for it or not. Here's here's also though. Again, I keep going back to like the difference between being a private school that can do whatever they want versus a public school that is intertwined with these other public schools like UCLA, a lot of this isn't even so much how badly do you want it, how much do you want it, how much do you want to be that sports school, versus how much are you allowed to show it. Yeah. Because look, UCLA and the Wooden Days, the John Wooden Days, get lionized as you know this incredible- Say his name, Andy. Sam the Bagman. Thank you. Sam the Bagman. Thank you. Just Google UCLA (laughs) Sam the Bagman. Sam Gilbert. Right. Sam Gilbert shows that UCLA, they wanted it just like all these other schools. They were about it at that point in time. Right. But we're now increasingly in an age where schools are allowed to show it more. (laughs) Right. And UCLA is not necessarily in the position of being able to show it more. Like, they don't build those new buildings. They don't rebuild Pauly, stuff like that, if they don't want it. Right. It's just how much can you actually show it? it it's funny how it's changed everything because th- we always had two conferences that matter, and then you'd have a couple of interlopers here and there. And not that the interlopers couldn't have great deal success. Clemson, for three, four, five-year window, they were as good as anybody. USC under Pete Carroll, they were as good as anybody, better than everybody. So you can do it from the peripheral, but you can you can do it much easier from the inside, and it's the it's the SEC, it's the Big Ten. They spent to your point. We're not even pretending that we're not here to do this. Like this is why why we're here. We have a unit. So so if if you want, you can walk through the library. That's fine. But I need you back here in the weight room at six o'clock in the morning. You go do whatever you want for your forty five minutes of free time a day. But otherwise, assume that we have you here to play football. Okay. I have I ever told you before my theory about Clemson. Go. I don't think it's a real school. Go I on. I don't think Clemson <laughs> is an actual university. I think it is a like front. DeVry. I think, well, I think it's a front for right. sports teams. Like it's basically something that you funnel money into and out from through sports. Like, have you ever met anybody who went to Clemson? No. I, I've never, I mean, so. I've met. I, I know a lot of people who went to Clemson, but you, you, <laughs> but I'm from the East Coast. <laughs> Nobody went to Clemson. Were they athletes? No, they were all engineers. It's actually kind of good engineering school. I'm going to need to know which bridges they designed. I I need evidence. (laughs) I can go around. I need evidence that these people actually went to a university because I think Clemson is like a Truman show. Like I, I think it's a total front. Because I've literally, I have never met a person who went to Clemson. The only people I've ever met. In South Carolina. The only people I've ever met who went to Clemson played sports at Clemson. Like, I've never heard of any. I love this. By the way, as far as I'm concerned, this is all true. Like, who are Clemson's famous alums? Deshaun Watson. (laughs) That were not not athletes. Oh, 
Um, I'm going to their wiki right now. <laughs> yeah. There's there's uh, uh, some engineers, Emily. What else do they do at Clemson? And I, I have it's no idea. Engineering, like sports marketing. Okay. Sports marketing. Yeah, there you go. Right. Going through it right now. Yeah. Okay. Notable alumni: David Beasley, South Carolina governor. He's in on it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have this happening without South Carolina's governor you need in on it. Man on the inside. Plays the guy at the coffee shop and friends. Chris Benson, professional baseball player. Jay Berger, professional tennis player. Taj Boyd, football, football player. player. Like goes down the line it's like mostly athletes yeah and they sprinkle a couple of wins in there just right. to keep you off the well, it's, throw you off the set it's all a front this is it, it, it how, exists how have <laughs> i never had this theory explained to me before <laughs> i i i'm intrigued in your philosophy it's, i'm serious so, they're, they're more. famous alum is like 85 percent athletes gunter from uh friends <laughs> Gunter sure. from friends yeah him. who's gonna verify he went <laughs> nikki haley went to clemson the CIA director? No, N- Nikki Haley. Uh, she was a governor of South Carolina. She ran for president um, in 2016. She was part of the Republican she, UN primary. ambassador Nikki Haley. Her? Yes. Okay. She went to Clemson. She's, She's in, in on, it. on it. Of course. You need people in certain positions to make sure that, oh, no, Nikki so, Haley was in on it as so well. So, Andy, I'm spending my Thanksgiving on Lake Hartwell. I will send you a picture of Clemson just to make no, sure. No, no, I'm sure the, the school, the structures exist. <laughs> the stru- well, of course, you have to keep up appearances. The Potemkin Village. Yes. <laughs> like, again, it's like a Truman show. I like it. I like it. Look, this is, this is what it is. We're moving forward, and I'm just going to assume that every. Oh, okay. So you're in on it too. You're either on the baseball team, the basketball team, the football team, or you're in on it. Yeah. Those are the options. Yeah, and I mean, maybe they, an engineer. They in bring there. in enough people. You have to sign like an NDA. <laughs> are all of the actors? They're all extras at the football games. That's a lot. It's a lot of, of cast. Oh no, no, they're the extras are not in on it. Oh, they're genuine Clemson fans. No, the the people who are falling for this. They love Clemson. I'm just saying it's not a real school. Like Emily, Emily's falling for it. Yes, you're you're, you're buying the ruse, Em. You're, this is not an not actual. Dorian from my high school went to Clemson. Yeah, well, this I is mean... not a. So you think? <laughs> yeah. True. True. This is not an actual you university. Know. You never know. The dub coming up next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. Well, this is unfortunate. Um, a report um, that Arizona State staffers were leaking information to opponents about the Arizona State game plan in an effort to get Herm Edwards fired. Wow. I mean, that's just straight-up treasonous football behavior, right? That I, I get that you don't like the head coach, the boss, that you'd like to see some sort of um, change made at the top of the program, but that's, that is that is a pretty heavy accusation. Let me tell you something. If that's actually true, you better have wanted him out real bad as a leaker because you ain't never getting a job again. Yeah, that that's the thing, right? That you I okay, you want him out. So in an effort to get him out, you do that. Can if your identity is ever found out, you're you're done. I mean, would you no one would ever hire somebody no. that turned like no, that. No, I mean, you better care so much about Arizona State football that you're like I am willing to lay down my career <laughs> for these Sun Devils because you are never getting hired by anywhere else so i have two college football programs college basketball programs take your pick athletic programs and and asu and the one i'm about to mention they're 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 okay once in a while but i don't understand why both asu and san diego state aren't good at everything every year explain to me what's missing other than a lot of money and it because you have athletes in both those areas they're both in or very near southern california the climate is really strong the academic standards are flexible you have uh uh there there's other than san diego state's in a bad conference but if you got that thing cranked up if you got arizona state cranked up i get why cal's not good i get why stanford is is dealing with one hand tied behind their back i understand why oregon state stinks why you know why would you want to be in corvallis but asu why why do they not win 12 games every year no joke. A friend of mine went to Claremont from high school, and I I was at SC at the time, so I went up there to hang out with him for a weekend. We drove down to San Diego State because Claremont was playing San Diego State in basketball. Yeah. It was actually one of the most fun college basketball games I've ever been to in my life. Be good every year. Yeah. What, what, what do you guys, especially now, what do you guys need? Come on down here. We got, we got you. We've got you. You know what? Let's mark today, September 23rd, 2022, Let's revisit this in 10 years. If in the NIL age, 
San Diego State, Arizona State, they start getting their act together. Let's spend some money. Let's see what we can do. All right, uh, Andre Iguodala is coming back to the Warriors for his 19th NBA season. Um, I'm letting you know now, Steph, this is the last one. I I dig this. I know that Andre Iguodala is not the player he was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. He's been around a long time. But when you're on a heater like this, why leave? Like let let's ride this out as long as we possibly can. And if you just need me to be on the bench, be a good practice guy, maybe once in a while come in, make some shots. I got you. Why well, I, sp- I think especially too because they're defending the title, and he wants to be there for the title defense. Like I can't say this with any absolute certainty, but I do wonder if they hadn't won that championship, if Iguodala might have been a little more inclined to call it a career. But now that he can be part of that defense, and it's been so long since they've defended a title, I, I wonder if that's a motivating factor as you well. You would have to drag me out kicking and screaming. They're, they're, like Andre, I don't know how old Andre Iguodala is. He's Probably, pushing 40. I was going to say, somewhere right around 40, you know, knocking on wood. He's got another 40, 50 years to live, right? Let's take one or two more laps around the track. This same thing with Clayton and Kershaw's in a different situation because Kershaw's still one of the highest performers in, in his perspective sport. But it, why leave when you can still hang around and do that? The real world is waiting for you for plenty of time. I know the kids and all that stuff, but it's a pretty good gig. It is a great gig. I mean, there's a reason that a lot of guys stay around it well past their prime. And you know that that by the way is the the cachet that you gain from being a really good teammate. Yes, and be, when the talent is still there but starting to fade, but everybody knows you're great in the locker room. You will do the things to help out the players that are now better than you. You build currency that way. All right. So Jalen Ramsey is uh, very excited to try to get Odell Beckham Jr. to return to the Rams. I had a great game last year. AD obviously had a huge game. Vaughn had Vaughn has. Good game. I think that's when he had his first sack as a Ram. Odell had a great game, right? Odell come back. Um, <laughs> so they're talking about obviously Jalen Ramsey's in a press conference. Um, OBJ's in an interesting spot because he's not going to be healthy again for you know just around numbers six eight weeks or so. But when he comes back, he's going to kind of have his pick of wherever he wants to go. Buffalo, Von Miller is lobbing for him. Jalen Ramsey is lobbing for him. It's a pretty good spot to be in if you're OBJ. It seems like he's touring around just being courted. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't blame him, man. I mean, he it's actually pretty cool because he's somebody that I know he's brought a bit of it on himself, but he's somebody that took reputational hits that it seems like were not they were not warranted. Like, you know, again, people aren't perfect. Are there times where I'm, he could be a pain in the ass teammate? I'm sure. sure. But it does not seem like he ever did anything warranted, if nothing else, as a teammate, purely inside the lines, inside the locker room, that would make him not desirable for other teams. It goes to show you how if someone, the media, my hand's in the air, I'm, I'm a part of this, as, as are you, that if you decide to say something out loud long enough, you just start to accept that it's true, right? And this was a, yeah, he made a great catch on Monday Night Football, and you know he was pretty good, but what happened in Cleveland? And it, well, what happened in Cleveland is you gave him a couple of coaches that were bozos. You gave him a quarterback that was you know maybe mediocre in, in Baker Mayfield. You designed an offense that did not – explicitly highlight what he does really well because here's this is you could say the same thing for Matthew Stafford to a point yeah Odell's emotional and he's you know he's all of those things fine whatever who cares really the second those two guys were presented with competence they thrived they that Odell Beckham Jr hold on a second I got a quarterback that can get me the ball and a coach that knows how to use me and I'm good again all of a sudden no no I was always good it's the other pieces around me Stafford was yeah he's really good but no 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 Look at what he's been given to work with. It's not him. It's everything else. The biggest question I had about Odell when he was with the Ram- when he joined the Rams coming off Cleveland was just, is his body still the same? Yeah. Because he was getting hurt a lot. Like, I, I wasn't concerned about the idea of he's going to be a distraction in the locker room, things like that, because honestly, he was too easy to remove if it really became a problem. To me, it was just like, he doesn't look right all the time, like physically. Like, is it just has he just 
started the process of breaking down. He looked pretty good with the Rams until he got hurt in the Super Bowl. Um, I know you and I both observed this holiday. Today is uh, Ricky Davis's birthday, and Ricky Davis had my favorite triple-double in NBA history, just where he shot at his own basket to miss so he could grab the the rebound so he could record a triple-double. Just tremendous. you got to want it. (laughs) I mean, sometimes... You just need to let the world know what you want, and damn it, you go after it. I, I remember—I didn't see it live, but I remember seeing it on SportsCenter that night, singing, wait, he did what? Let me say it again, just in case you missed it. He had the ball. He, Everyone's running up to the other end of the court. He stays back, shoots the ball at his own basket, misses it intentionally because he needed one more rebound for a triple-double. Honestly, That's amazing. Honestly, the real problem with all of that is he did not know the rules well enough to realize that wouldn't count. <laughs> like, he should have just tanked a the shot. Effort. He should have just tanked a shot at the right basket, <laughs> and, then got, and nobody would have noticed. Nobody would have noticed had he not just known the rules. Yeah, but now he's got to get to the rim. He's got to do all of these other well, things. And uh, we just miss said and get his own rebound. We just said, how bad do you want it? <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. It's time for a little super crosstalk. There he is. I was waiting to hear the from Mason. There he is. How you doing, Mace? Uh, everything is good, man. Starting to feel back to 100%. I'm getting good. there. I'm getting there. I'll you be sound back good. in the studio on Monday. Yeah, no, I'm geared up, ready for a big show. John, do you observe the Ricky Davis triple-double holiday as Andy and I do? I remember when it happened. Is this the anniversary of it today? It's his birthday. Oh, it's Ricky Davis' oh, birthday yeah. today? Yeah. Andy, I have to admit, I didn't know that didn't count. I thought they gave him so the triple-double. I thought they gave it to him also. I, I think it got removed once everybody figured out exactly. Like, wait a minute. He just did what? <laughs> I don't think the triple-double actually counted. That's a shame. And so that would have been his only career triple-double? I will look this up right now. Basketball reference. You know, here's a great com. stat. You know, James Worthy has one career triple-double. It's in the playoffs, Game right? seven of the 88 NBA Finals oh, against Detroit. That's a good <laughs> yeah, time to get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. that if, was you're gonna do, if you're going to do it, do it in game seven That's of the, the Finals. That's the year he won Finals MVP, right? Yeah. You, you, John, you've covered a million games. Have, have you ever seen anything where it's just like, wait, what is that guy doing right now? Like, Just something that is so brazenly selfish like that. We've seen guys just shoot indiscriminately and everything, but something that's Ricky Davis adjacent. Many people claim... I didn't see it, but I know many people that, you know, Michael used to work for the Wolves. Uh, Trudell used to work for the Wolves. They claim that early Kevin Love, that Kevin Love in his first five years in the league would simply stand under the basket to collect rebounds regardless of what was going on in the game. Like he would turn and make like miss a shot on purpose so he could get his own rebound and put it back in. He w- he was accused of uh, of stat mongering, but uh, I've never heard anybody prove it. That but at least Kevin Love was a really good NBA player. Right. <laughs> right. Like he yeah. he was doing a lot of things he on the He wanted to average a double-double so he he did. You have any famous uh, or favorite I should say Mace just weird moments where guys are doing stuff like Ricky Davis? Uh, you mean purely for the stats? Just purely selfish because what's weird, it's just a triple-double. It's not the one that gave him 100 in his career or broke a record. It's just that, you know what, I got he nine rebounds one. tonight. Yeah. I want one. I'm going to do it. Individual Was was winning a Mandy like that? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I, you're asking the wrong guy if you're asking Travis. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, you'd, know. you'd have to that, answer Travis. that. I yeah. don't know, guys. <laughs> really? Yeah, uh, it was a little like that. A little like that, I would say. <laughs> Although, Trav, I heard uh, I wanted to. I heard you tell your tattoo story earlier yeah. in the day. Do any Trav's of your, got a tattoo? He, I do. He does. Do any of your children have tattoos? Not that I know of. I don't think so. Okay, so have you guys ever heard the Tim Russert story about this? No. All right, so Tim Russert was extremely close with his dad as was Tim's son, Luke. They called his dad Big Russ, Okay, who was like this tornado of a personality that kind of shaped their family and sent Tim down the road of being an NBC News correspondent and was very close with Luke. And so uh, Tim wrote a book before he died about fatherhood, and, and he called it Me and Big Russ because his dad did basically all the stuff that his dad taught him. And he told a story that it's interesting the way you answered that when I said, Did any of your, do any of your kids t- said yeah. tattoos? And you said, I don't think so. Yeah. So Tim said, because I had a very good father, um, I took a lot of pride in making sure that I communicated to Luke, my son, look, when you're going to make major decisions, like if you ever decide to get a tattoo, mm-hmm. just let's talk about it first. We have the type of relationship where you're talking about. So one day, Tim Russert comes home and Luke's home from college 
and sees him hop out of the shower. And on his back, I think this is where your tattoo is, over his shoulder, it is. Is, is a tattoo. Okay. And Tim is livid. <laughs> and he says, Luke, come here. He said, didn't I specifically tell you that if you ever wanted to get a tattoo, that we would talk about it first? And you looked me right in the face, and you said, agreed. He goes, yeah, Dad, we did. And he said, yet I just saw that you now have a tattoo. Is that permanent? Luke said, it is. He said, and you just decided not to tell me. He goes, I was gonna. <laughs> and he and Tim just lays into him, just goes, I cannot tell you how infuriating this is. <laughs> because the symbolism of this is you don't value my opinion. Right. That, that when you have decisions to make, you don't do it. And it's he just lays them out. And Luke says, Dad, are you done? Because yeah, he goes, because I think if I explain what it is, you'll be okay with it. And he goes, I assure you I will not. He goes, What do you what do you want to tell me? And he turns around, and on his back, it says BR, which stands for Big Russ. Right. He said, when Grandpa died, I wanted him always to be looking over my shoulder, so I tattooed BR on my shoulder. And Tim started crying and walked out of the room and said, that's the last time I yelled at my son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I was, I was waiting. I'm like, I would need to know what this tattoo was, right? right? Because mine is not nearly something as beautiful yeah, as Yeah, I that. don't know about yours. What is yours? Well, I... So I've never really said it out loud. I've, I've always kind of left How it at this. How old were you when you got it? 21. I got it on my 21st birthday. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I actually have a story about my dad and the tattoo that I could... Because, okay. you know, when I did the Culture Pop podcast, Mace, yep. you remember... I, By the way, I listened to that yeah. yesterday, and I thought it was great. Yeah. Well, I, I, I encourage people to listen to it. Travis is the... Mace, it's still the, the current episode of still Culture Pop, It's still the current Pop, episode right? of the Culture Pop podcast. Yeah, Travis comes off as the nicest guy in the world. Well, comes off I, as... Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think your relationship with your dad is very similar to the yeah. one I had with mine. I lost yeah. mine in 2017. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah, so and, uh, I, I just love, particularly I love the stuff you said about your dad. Well, yeah. that, that's what I was I was getting at is you know I I hold my dad in incredibly high regard. Yeah, I, it comes I, through. I, on the I I think he's a wonderful guy. I think about him every single day. And and in a, in a I wonder what my dad would do in this right. situation. It, right. It's just that he he made that imprint on me, right. and not in a I don't want to gave you a guiding light. Yeah. yeah, and not in a oh he you know I, oh, I'm afraid. It's like I I think he made really good choices. I'd like to try to right. model myself after a lot of the choices he made. So go back. I get my my tattoo on my 21st birthday. It's the world's worst tattoo. Okay, it's, it was twenty five dollars. Okay, okay. It, <laughs> it, was, it, up? it was just awful <laughs> with tags. Um, <laughs> so I get this thing and literally I immediately were, regret do, it. Uh, were you with friends or me you... and me and a teammate of mine at okay. Santa Barbara? We got so you're, you're you're pitching at Santa Barbara at this yes. point in your life. We got what was it like a baseball or your, UCSB logo? You're or what? very very warm, Mace. Like I, I've always said, if somebody guesses what it is, I will say yes. But okay. that's close, but not exactly right okay. um so anyway i get this stupid tattoo and i end up hurting my back okay this is a year or two later and my, my parents have no idea i have this tattoo and i end up having to get a back surgery okay okay and so my, my dad takes some time off of work and he goes to the hospital with me and it wasn't like a, a I, I had a chronic back injury that needed to be fixed right. And so we're sitting there. Like lower back injury yes, for you. And yes. your tattoo's on your upper back. On my upper back. So yeah. you go to the hospital and they're getting you ready. You have to put on you that the gown, gown, right? Yeah. So my dad's in the room with me and I, I realize. He's going to see it. He's going to see it. I have to say something. Right. And I said to him, I said, uh, you know, I said, this is kind of, and this has been a couple of years. And I'm 23 years old. It's not like I'm 16. I said, this is kind of embarrassing, but I got, I got this really stupid tattoo a couple of years ago. And, and he goes, well, let me see it. And I show it to him, and he goes, yeah, that's pretty stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was it. That was okay. it. Not like I, I'm super right. disappointed. It's just like, yeah, it's pretty yep. stupid. Yeah, and, you're right about and, that. And that was it. So, I, yeah. Well, you guys, I don't know if you've heard this. My wife pulled the ultimate bait and switch on Mason when it comes to tattoos. Okay. So, Mace, for whatever reason... Always wanted to get tattoos, but he this was- This is my 50th birthday. I thought he was okay, hesitant I my to pull the trigger tattoo. for a lot of years, and he just decided, well, I'm nervous about it, but uh, I'm going to do it. And he's going to go get like a, a pretty decent-sized tattoo on his left chest. Mm -hmm. and Yeah, it's about three inches by three inches. Yeah, which is bigger than you think. Yeah. And Lisa, my wife, says, oh, and we were out with Juan and Mace, and my wife says, you know, if you're going to do it, 
I'm going to do it. I've always <laughs> wanted to get a tattoo, and I've always been too nervous. And if you're nervous, let's do it together, and it'll it, it it'll give each other we'll, – we'll get some liquid courage, and we'll go yes. in there and do it. Yeah. So Mace gets ready, and they do a couple of shots, and Mace does – the things that Mace does to get prepared for it. And, yep. Le- uh, and Lisa, herbal, Lisa, an herbal remedy. Yeah. And so Lisa and Mace goes in and the tattoo guy, oh, right over by Mace's house in Venice, and they go in and uh, and they say to Mason and Lisa, are you ready? And uh, Mace goes, yes, we're ready. He goes, okay, who's going first? Mace goes, I'll do it. I'll go first. And Mace gets in the chair and they start, he gives them the drawing and came out pretty good actually. And he yeah, does, no, does the- I like it. Does, I like it a lot. Yeah, does the tattoo. And Lisa, hurts like hell. When, when they he tell does. you it doesn't hurt, it, it hurts yeah, like hell. It and, hurts. When, and when it starts going, May, Mason goes, uh, "Yeah, God, that's kind of painful." Whatever. And Lisa goes, "All right, well, I gotta, I gotta go now, or I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna go. So I'll go." So she gets in the other chair, and about I don't know, ten minutes later, Lisa pops out of the chair, and Mason goes, "Did you, did you back out?" And she goes, "No, I'm done." And Mason goes, "You're done. What'd you get?" And I'm not. Mace will back me up in this. I'm not exaggerating. No. She got a dragonfly that is smaller than a dime. <laughs> and it's skin colored. Yeah. So you can barely and, and, even... Yeah. It's it like is, a, a skin colored dragonfly. Not, it, it isn't sticking your toe in the pool. It's like barely touching <laughs> it and zipping it Skipping it, it across the top. In the meantime, Mason is now needle deep in this... Bloody. Oh, God. And it's... And, and Mace, weren't you there for like another 45 minutes? Oh, yeah. No, it took a while to, to ink this thing up, man. And Lisa, meanwhile, goes next door with you, and you have another few libations with one, yeah. and I'm still in the chair. <laughs> and, and I'm like... You know, you Lisa, you presented this as like a you were gonna take this on together. It was a joint effort. And Let's you, do this, Mace. You, you you basically showed Mason to the door and said, "See ya." That's I'm amazing. Out. Are you happy you did it, Mace? Do you are I you am. pleased? I love my tattoo. It's it right on my good. heart. It's yeah. the uh, it's Ganesh. It's the Hindu uh, the Hindu elephant god. It's remover of obstacles. It's right over my heart. I love it. Andy, do you have any? I have one. One. Um, it says inner strength in Chinese characters. Okay. Yeah, are where, you sure? Where is it? Uh, well, it are either, you says, sure? it either exactly. says uh, in, inner strength or naive white guy. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. Yeah, I always worry about the Chinese characters because I don't know what I they did, say and you could get some. I did a lot of research on this. I went to a friend of Brian's who speaks fluent Mandarin. Like, I did more research for this tattoo than like four years of college combined. <laughs> like, I did a lot because, again, you don't want to get the wrong no. thing. Yeah, I, I have learned since other people have seen it that there may not be a true direct uh, translation to inner strength. Like it might mean to some people strength from within, something like that. No, but I think I've, that's close enough. I've been told by enough people, no, this is correct. Well, you guys know who has seven or eight tattoos. Bergman. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, he's Bergman's got a few. Like yeah, he's got a Vin Scully tattoo. Yeah, Taylor's got a couple. Yeah. Um, the um, I always think about did you, did John, one. you don't have any. Never, never no. will. I'm yeah. going to get one. I got one for my 50th birthday. I'm going to get one for my 60th You're not getting a, a, a matching dragonfly with Lisa? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not, not going to get a skin-colored dragonfly on my baby toe. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's so small that, you, like, unless you're looking, you wouldn't see I it. I will say this, though. A toe, at least that's a sensitive area. Yeah, well, it look, mine is mine is so bad that, again, it's been nearly 30 what, you years. you have like a back alley tattoo? What it was, happened? so it was the you got, it, prison it, it, tattoo. You, you got what you paid for? It was a $25 yeah, it, it, special? Exactly. It was, yeah. Mace, it was a tattoo parlor in Isla Vista, California mm-hmm. that I think was in business for maybe a couple of months before it, <laughs> before it went out. Well, if you were in Isla Vista, you were drunk. <laughs> oh, no, like I said, it's my 21st birthday. It oddly was the same night that Riddick Bow and Evander Holyfield, it was the, the, the guy with the parachute that jumped into the ring. Right. It was oh, Fan, I Man. Remember Fan that. Man. So it was that that whatever day that November twenty second, so nineteen ninety two. I guess day it would that be. we'll live in infamy. That's right. So <laughs> and me and my buddy Antonio Vernon were like, hey, you know what we should do? We should go get some tattoos. And we and this is this is I forgot this part of the story. This is how stupid I was that I had been drinking and I had been making bad choices that night, but I was out of money. Okay, I'd like out of cash. Right. Okay. So we go to the tattoo point. Guy's like, no, man, you can't put it. It's cash only. This, of course, I, it is. I left, went to the ATM in oh, Isla Vista, boy. doubled and down, th- and on then it. came back yeah. to get the twenty-five dollar tattoo. The good news is now, if if you didn't know where to look, you probably wouldn't see it. it looks like a bruise at this point because it was such a terrible <laughs> right. tattoo. But uh, yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. Um. Yeah. It. I. 
don't was it Malik Monk, Andy, that has full sleeve on his left arm? No, no Nick Young. Nick Young. None yeah. on his right. No, no. Malik stole it from Nick. Oh, did Malik he? Malik is oh, the same yes, idea. Yes, then you're correct. Because he you're says correct. the right arm is only for buckets. <laughs> Nick Young actually <laughs> yeah, eventually did get some tattoos on his right arm. I, w- I remember being worried about him heading into that season. I was like, has Nick Young just well, given up? In general, you would tend to worry about Nick anyway. But He just started <laughs> boxing. Right. Oh, once, God. Yeah, once uh, yeah, I saw the fight. Spectacle. Yeah, he got his ass kicked. Yeah, it wasn't. He did not look like he had put in. I mean, he looked okay physically, but he did not look like he knew how to like fight like real of real real fighting is. When very do we different get over this? Fighting. This let's just grab somebody, throw him in a ring, and watch him beat. Well, that, the hell that's beat the thing. Yeah, didn't Le'Veon Bell like basically beat the crap out of Adrian? Adrian Peterson. Peterson last he, week? he just dropped him with yeah. a punch, and Adrian Peterson is like was a piece it of Nate granite. Robinson who got yes. dropped like, like a by one of the Paul, the Jake Paul or Paul Jake or whoever, whatever that guy's name is. Um. There's nothing interesting about watching people that don't know how to fight fight unless it's like in the kitchen, right? <laughs> like if like Max would always say, right? They, if I told you, you know, Bob and Jim are fighting in the kitchen, you'd run down there to see it. But in a ring, in an arena with people on TV, people that don't know how to fight is terrible to watch. It's pretty uninteresting. It's it's also it's you look at like I remember Lamar Odom briefly oh, did yeah, like Lamar a boxing. Odom. It's it, it's like the last chance saloon it, of fame. I was just gonna say. <laughs> It, when I see something like this happen, 99 out of 100 times, it just makes me feel sad. Yeah, it bumps yeah you I, out. I do. I feel I feel empathetic about it because that's, that, that's a terrible way to go out. That and Isla Vista tattoo parlor, parlors <laughs> are go. at the very bottom of the barrel. Mason and Island coming up next. See you on Monday.